Hello, this is a show about the economics of rock and roll. I'm your host, Ryan Bazinet, and this is the No Love Songs Music Business Podcast. This episode features NYC power trio Violent in Black. In our conversation, we talked about contracts for bandmates, booking gigs with shark promoters, and how they got a residency at Manhattan Club The Lately. Check it out. Thanks for having us on the show. You guys are one of my favorite bands in New York. I'm a big fan. You guys put on a great live show. Really, anybody who hasn't checked out Violent in Black, Go see them at their next show. You won't regret it. You got some Metallica posters in the back there. I see oh, the yeah, yeah. We got some Metallica. We actually have one of ours right over there, that really seemingly inappropriate one from our headlining residency at Pianos a couple of years back. This is a wall of fame. I want to put up some like golden records and stuff here to replace the Metallica poster one day. I could live with gold. Yeah, I could live with gold. Day, or myrrh. <laughs> could have a murder album before you do christian rock yeah since this is about the music business you get what you can get yeah especially nowadays do you get like a platinum spotify nft i don't, I don't know yeah that's where you get four cents instead of three cents i think it's something like that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's where the big bucks start coming in so one of my questions is about culture right any kind of a business needs a good culture and i think one thing i admire about you guys is you seem to have a, a good cohesiveness to you so can you just talk about that was that natural did that exist from the beginning or is that something you guys have consciously worked on i think for our shows and even before we all all three of us played our first show together the vibe, pun intended, um, was something that we couldn't ignore. When you're playing a show, you kind of black out. It's the best 45 minutes or the best 60 minutes, whatever it is, just playing songs that you wrote and worked so hard on with the guys that were behind the creation of those songs and, and playing that live. That's something that you can't really compare to any other feeling. In large part, the start of our friendship was based on a similar mindset where we already knew individually we wanted to be stage performers. Yeah. We used to all be in bands in high school or whatever, and our friends back home all gave up. But now we're together and, you know, we can be the people in this band, that band, and that band that didn't give up, that really do want to perform on stage and really desire to do it and really, really like it. Yeah. I think that's what you're just really like. Not everybody likes it. I think we all like being on stage more than being off stage. Yeah, I'd say there's a, a natural chemistry that we all kind of found from meeting each other. But to your point, uh, I think we do uh, water that as well. I mean, we definitely make sure that we stay on track with each other, uh, give each other goals and deadlines and contracts and things like that to make sure that we believe in what we're doing and go after it so that we don't let things slip by the wayside. And we have meetings. We, yeah. we have therapy. Definitely. We have team team building. Talk with our manager, yeah. set the calendar. Who takes the lead on that stuff? Who's saying, hey, this is what we need to do? I mean, is this like a collective thing? Does somebody take the lead? Like, what are the roles in the band? It's definitely a collective thing. Um, I feel like something that we've all uh, really sh strived for in our uh, cohesiveness is to go forward with a unanimous type of front. So, I mean, it might take 30 seconds, it might take 30 days, 
to come to a conclusion on what it is we want to do, but we make sure that we're all <clears throat> kind of wearing the, the captain's hat as much as we need to wear it to put forth uh, the effort that we're trying to achieve. Just thinking about that, that goals question, because I think it's really important that everybody's on the same page. So if, if I ask each one of you individually, like, what are Violent and Black's goals? Would I get three different answers? Would they all be the same or would they be different? And, and, and why, why is that the case? I well, think it's the same. Yeah, I think we each have sort of, the way I would say that they're the same but different is, so like Travis is from Jersey and I'm from Brooklyn. So like I see Madison Square Garden as like the, you know, the Coliseum. And, and Travis, maybe you see more like Asbury Park or like what, you know, maybe like MetLife Stadium. But we all want to do the same thing in terms of put this on tape. We're, we're coming for the big score. Absolutely. We World domination. Do yeah. We want to maintain creative control while doing it. Yeah. I'd say that's the one caveat. We agreed on that. Yeah. We don't want to, you know, uh, make shitty music while doing it. Yeah, there's some sharks out there, man. We we, we all got to be careful of those people. Well, it, it's, that's for sure. But, but it's okay for some people. Like, if you're the best dancer in the world and you have a spectacular voice, you have a beautiful voice, and you're like a sick-ass dancer, you don't necessarily need creative control of the song you're singing. That might not be your goal. Where, where are you playing tomorrow? Brooklyn Music Kitchen. That's an Emily Liza gig, right? Is that where you guys yeah. got that one? Yeah. Yeah, so speaking of sharks, uh, can we talk about promoting? <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. There's blood in the water. <laughs> okay, promoters that just book up clubs, they sign bands on, and then the only kind of promotion that they do is basically creating a Facebook event, and then they take our friends money. Right. It's like a totally exploitative deal. The craziest part about what you're saying is that you're not even describing close to the worst deals that we've seen. I mean, the fact that they're letting us play with no cost to us, you know, just you take the train there or whatever, is bananas. There's, there's a, there are a million offers out there that require the bands to pay the venue. That's the funniest it's thing. It's neutral. Yeah. Because if a lot of time, the reason why they have bands play at their club or bar in the first place is because we bring our people to drink at your bar and you don't want to pay us a dime for it. And yeah, dude, it's more sharks than fish, I would say, yeah. in the ocean. And they're all trying to chomp at you. That's New York, baby. Yeah. Outside of the city, it's a totally different story. Uh, Come see our residency at the Late Lake because that's free. You know, there's no ticket price and anything like that. They're treating us well, you know, gave us a good deal and all those things. And, and we earned it, you know, here's the advice nugget of the day is our story of getting the late, late residency is we just went like we just went. They had an open mic and we just went and we did our thing. And then they said, hey, can you come back? And yeah. we said, oh, you want us back? Well, you know, talk to our manager and our manager went, oh, you like them well, but, 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 you know, <laughs> And then, it, you know, and like, so you just go from there. We're kind of out of time, but I, but I am curious, you, you're like. One of the one of the only bands around that I know that has a manager. So can you just talk about what that relationship's like? What what he does for you? His name's Hank, right? Like, what is what's the value there for you guys? Um, would you recommend it to, to other bands finding somebody like that to work with? The main thing is the only thing he really does with the creative stuff for us is gives us deadlines because we're meeting with a producer on this day. Now you have your 12 song album, but you need three more songs as well. So be ready with 15 songs by this Saturday or something like that. 
they'll say something like that, which creatively puts us in a position to, you know, we're on a deadline, we're on a timeline, but he's not stepping on any toes right. in terms of the product itself. He just wants the product faster, you know, he just, yeah. that's, he actually, which is great. Good. We all do. Yeah. I would say he's a nice cushion barrier for us to allow us to primarily focus on what we do, the music side of things. So we can focus all of our energy on that and know that we have someone responsible and respectful and good at what they do, handling all the other things that get fired at us from any other direction. So just having that, that cushion there, I think, uh, really uh, frees up our brains to focus on our primary skill set. So you guys, um, you, you guys got gigs coming up, Brooklyn Music Kitchen, you got your residency, you got recordings in the works? What, what, what's next for Violet Black? We got the Late Late, a bunch of dates, Fridays. Violet oh yeah, it's Fridays. And they're free to get in on Fridays. In, in March and April and May. It's, it's like a few, <laughs> it's, it's Fridays. Fridays at the Late Late. And where can people hear your music? Violentinblack.com, baby. It's all there. And, uh, you know, just wanted to drop this out there. I, I think we may have mentioned it on our socials, but we have a new single coming out that uh, we're giving you the exclusive, the yeah. drop. <laughs> we have a song called Teenage Rage that we're going to be putting out very soon. Awesome. Well, uh, I look forward to hearing that, and uh, I thank you, lovely gentlemen, for your time. Rock the kitchen tomorrow night. Oh, yes. yes. We'll do. With all our pots and pans. <laughs>